Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. And this is Rita Cosby in for Bo Snurdly, who is off on a well-deserved holiday. And boy, there is no break in the news. In the last few hours, we have seen the Colorado GOP decide to appeal the decision. This is, again, the Republican wing of Colorado, the party there, saying that they are now appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court over the decision by the very liberal state Supreme Court to kick Trump off the ballot. They are saying this is insane. He should be on the ballot. Michigan came down yesterday saying he should be on the ballot. And the Colorado GOP is coming out swinging, taking it to the highest court in the land. And I hope that the Supreme Court hears this case uh, to kick Trump off for the 14th Amendment, which was something that was reserved for the Confederacy, uh, you know, Robert E. Lee's time. And even guys that were part of the Confederacy stayed in Congress back then. There were a number of folks who stayed back in. So you got to be kidding me that you're going to kick Trump off. And I hope that the Supreme Court listens to the case and puts the issue to bed once and for all and sends a message, especially to these loony kazoonies that are saying he should be kicked off because of the 14th Amendment. I hope that they kick it back quick and send a message to all the other states, because there's about a dozen others that are looking at this and says that this is not an appropriate constitutional use of the 14th Amendment, that this is in violation. This is not the spirit of the 14th Amendment. And here is great legal scholar Jonathan Turley talking about what he thinks the Supreme Court should do. Well, it's a very strong appeal. It's frankly the moment that many of us have been waiting for. Uh, For months, this dangerous theory has been replicated throughout the country uh, as challengers try to find a judge or a court uh, that will give credence to uh, many of us believe that it's fundamentally wrong from historical and a legal perspective. Uh, But they finally found four justices uh, in Colorado that were willing to do this. Now, that court had seven democratically appointed justices, and three of them refused to sign on with this and said that it was clearly wrong. But they were able to eke out a 4-3 win in Colorado. That is now an outlier. You know, you have the Michigan Supreme Court following other courts in refusing to disqualify the former president. 
So it is ripe for the Supreme Court to review. There's a conflict among the states, and there's a very weighty issue here, uh, obviously, uh, for the country. It is a very weighty issue, and it is also an abuse of power, I contend, that suddenly a Colorado state Supreme Court, all four uh, Democrats who voted for it, there were three who voted against it, by the way, which was interesting. The four who voted for it were Ivy League uh, graduates. The others were not. What does that say? Uh, but they decided that, no, they're going to take it upon themselves to kick the former president and potentially future president off the ballot, which is just, to me, the definition of insanity. So anyway, I'm happy that the GOP in Colorado, because they have standing, they feel that they are being violated, that they can't put their candidates on there. Also, by the way, Vivek Ramaswamy, um, who has made some crazy statements on the campaign trail, I'll give him a kudos because he has said – uh, that he will remove himself and that other candidates should remove themselves if he is not on the ballot. He's referring to President Trump. If for some reason the Colorado decision stands and President Trump is kicked off the ballot, well, he's saying, well, then I'm going to remove him myself and I'm going to have, I suggest DeSantis and all these others do the same thing. Boy, that would send a strong message uh, to the state. So there's a lot of stuff in the hopper and I want to get your thoughts on that, guys. one 800 848-9222, Meantime, uh, in the just revolving door of New York City justice, the guy who stabbed the two tourists, remember, on Christmas Day, they were sitting there at a restaurant in the concourse of Grand Central Station, uh, this crazy guy who has a rap sheet a mile long, at least 17 prior arrests, 36-year-old Stephen Hutcherson. Well, he goes over to these two women and these two teens who were visiting from Paraguay. Imagine you're visiting from out of the country. It's your first visit to New York and you get stabbed randomly by this crazy guy who was shouting really hateful things saying he wanted to kill all white people. Uh, I mean, this is just despicable, this guy. And if you look at his rap sheet, there was violence written all over him. And in fact, two weeks before, this guy was before a judge in the Bronx. And the prosecutor said, you should lock this guy up. Mandatory psychiatric facility. That's what he should do. He needs some, at least clearly has mental issues. But he has violence issues, too. So clearly... It is time to lock this guy up because he was accused of randomly stabbing somebody else. All right. So that happens. And then he does this horrible attack that we know happened at Grand Central Station. The judge in the earlier case, by the way, obviously lets him out, gives him a slap on the wrist and says, oh, no big deal. Just because somebody has 17 priors and violence in their background, no big deal. We'll let him out. So this Bronx judge despite what prosecutors wanted, release the guy. Absolutely crazy, this Bronx judge. And I think it's important to mention him by name. Matthew Greco is the judge in the Bronx because the prosecutor said this guy should be locked up. Obviously, he's got major psychiatric and violence tendencies. He needs to be committed to a psychiatric program for threatening a stranger on a Bronx street. The judge gives him an easy pass. 
and lets him out on a conditional discharge, puts him right back out on the street. And what happens? Two weeks later, he randomly stabs these two teenage girls that are visiting from out of the country and says these despicable, horrible, hateful things over and over again. Well, here's some new news that just came in. The crazy guy, 36-year-old Stephen Hutcherson, well, now he tried to slash a fellow Rikers inmate in the face on Thursday morning, this morning. So he gets out, right, goes and does this horrible attack after 17 priors at the Grand Central Concourse at that restaurant. Then they finally get him ordered without bail. I guess it takes 18 attempts. And then in Rikers, he slashes an inmate in the face. You can't make this up. This is just horrible. But this is so indicative of what is going on in our justice system. First off, here are some of the people talking. This is the restaurant manager who saw what happened on Christmas Day. Listen to how he describes. This is cut number eight. So take a listen to what she feels happened and just how horrible the situation was that she saw unfold right before her. We had a gut feeling about him that he was definitely going to cause some trouble. It means not paying your bill. It doesn't mean stabbing two people. They had no idea he was even there, and he just pulled the knife out of his pocket. He stabbed one girl in the back, um, and then her sister was getting up to run away, and he stabbed her in the thigh. Can you imagine the two sisters terrified and this crazy guy who never should have been out on the street? So here is what New York City Mayor Eric Adams had to say about this horrible ordeal on Christmas Day. Anytime you have incidents in these high-profile locations, it sends the feeling of, you know, people don't feel safe. And that's why we have to make sure we, you know, zero in, make the arrest as soon as possible. Uh, and make sure we get those repeated offenders off our streets. Uh, yeah, that's the least of it. What about also calling out the judges? What should be done? There needs to be, you know, maybe petitions written to the court. Why are we not having something out there which shows a list of when there are repeat offenses and a judge clearly turns a blind eye to safety and to law and justice? Why are they getting the free pass? There should be something for somebody who clearly there is a blaring signal. There are flashing lights all over the place. You got a violent offender who's clearly nuts and who is clearly attacking people randomly on the street. And the best that you can do is say, oh, we're going to let him out. And then he free willy nillies on Christmas Day attacks these people. And then here we have it just a few days later. He slashes a fellow Rikers inmate in the face. First of all, obviously, the Department of Corrections is also trying to figure out how he was able to get his hands on a weapon. This is a guy who is violent, who is nuts. There's a lot of issues here. So how was he able to get a weapon after all these repeat offenses? You put him in Rikers and somehow he used a 1.5 inch ceramic blade in an unprovoked attack. It happened 8 a.m. inside a room in Rikers. What is going on? There are so many security breakdowns here. 
First, from the guy being out on the streets. Secondly, the judge allowing him to be out on the streets. Then he gets arrested. And what is happening in Rikers is that somebody like this is not screened, checked every single second. This is clearly a violent animal who needs to be locked up. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here are some visitors at Grand Central reacting to what happened on Christmas Day because, boy, uh, was that a shocker on their Christmas. I did see what happened yesterday as for the news about it. I have daughters who are 15 and 17, so it's naturally a concern. I have a teenage son and I have two younger kids, so it's very alarming that crime in the city is getting this bad. It was so scary because, like, knowing it could happen to anyone because, you know, they didn't know the person. Yeah, how scary is that? And now also some more details about what happened in Rikers uh, this morning. Correction officer intervened quickly. They ended up pepper spraying the guy, rushing the victim uh, to the jail infirmary. Uh, he's being treated for lacerations on the left side of his head and face. And again, as I was mentioning, uh, how did he get the weapon in Rikers? I, I mean, what is going on here? That this guy, who is clearly a threat at every moment to society and nothing is stopping him. And what will happen to that judge? There should at least be some petitions, some letters written. There should be something on his file to say, hey, I let a dangerous criminal that was obviously dangerous intent on killing people go. And then two weeks later, he does this and then he gets arrested and he stabs somebody in Rikers just a few hours ago. He's, by the way, being transferred now to a separate Rikers jail away from the other inmates. I wonder what Jumani Williams thinks of that, because remember, he's the one who didn't want solitary confinement. Remember, he's the one who pushed it, and they voted just recently at city council in New York City that solitary confinement is cruel and inhumane to the prisoners. Well, I've got news for you. This guy shouldn't be in any sort of general population. He's a threat, first of all, to the other inmates, and he's clearly a threat to other officers. I mean, he could have killed an officer. He could have killed this other inmate. It is not fair to others that are there. Some people need to be locked up. And I wonder what Jamani Williams has to say today about all of this. Bravo to you for, you know, canceling solitary confinement in places like Rikers. This is the prime example of why some people need to be locked up. 1-800-848-9222. And this is Rita Cosby in for Bo Snurdly. Uh, let's go to Susan on line four, Tom's River. Susan, uh, this is just, this to me is sadly uh, a classic case of the revolving door of soft on crime leadership in New York City, and all of us paying a dear price? Uh, Well, my thoughts are that the fastest way to catch a criminal is to do an audit on their income. And I think that we should audit those four judges who thought it was in good taste for them to take Donald Trump out of the election. Ah, okay. So you're, you're narrow putting it all together. By the way, I will say, uh, uh, Trump's view of crime, uh, isn't, uh, 17, 18 passes, uh, get out of jail free card. Um, and, and I agree, uh, about those judges. First off, uh, listen, hopefully the high court 
reverses it on the Trump case. And also the problem with the you just brought up auditing criminals. You, you can't do that um, because a lot of these criminals are, quite frankly, homeless. Uh, you know, most of the time they have no economic means. Uh, they have nothing that you can do to hold them over. The only thing you could do is put them behind bars so they're not a threat to themselves and to many, many others. Uh, let's go to Johnny real quick, line five. Johnny, your I, thoughts yeah, about this? I, well, I called you to say Bonatale, and I call it. I call again to say buon anno. Ah, oh, thank anyway, you. Thank you. You too. I love Italy. You know that. I can never go wrong with an Italian phrase, Johnny, on me. You know that. <laughs> what I want to say also, I think this uh, this uh, judge, he should be punished. I think they should throw him at Rikers Island just with the, the delinquent because that's what he deserves. He's not human. I can't sleep. Does he have a family? He could be the one to get stabbed. He could be the daughter, his sister, his mother. I don't understand. I can't can sleep at night. These people are sick. These people, they don't belong in the street. And whoever judges them, they don't belong there. That's not their job. People got to be punished when they do something wrong. There needs to be something. You know, unfortunately, uh, these judges kind of make decisions without any impunity. And just as you said, it's a very dangerous place because they go back to their little cushy, you know, homes and, and everything else. Um, and obviously the last thing we do not want, obviously judges threaten, people threaten, but they need to also be aware there should be petitions against them. I wish there was some way to have a record on a judge's record. Um, and I also wish, uh, that there were supervisors because you're right. They make these decisions willy nilly. The prosecutors in this case said, listen, this guy needs to be in a psychiatric program. Um, I actually think the prosecutors should have been even tougher. Uh, but they were at least pleading for that. And the judge was like, no, we'll give him a conditional discharge. Um, there should be some sort of supervisory body that is not like the, you know, like a New York City council that thinks there shouldn't be any solitary confinement or thinks that cops should be overburdened with reports. It needs to be, I think, a little more of a balanced overseeing judicial body that oversees some of these judges. And maybe you, there's some flags that go off. Oh gosh, oh wait a minute. There's a couple big red flags next to this judge. Uh, is this judge really suitable to protecting society? Cause that is the bottom line. And they make these decisions. They go back home and they think, okay, you know, well, no big deal. But, but what kind of a person? I mean, I could pull a second grader off the street and they'd say, wait a minute. This guy's got all these priors. He's violent. This looks like not a nice person. This looks like someone who's dangerous. So there should be some sort of oversight board because they have way too much discretion, these judges. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls after the break. This is Rita Cosby in for Bo Snurdly. Well, uh, don't start me up about this deranged attacker who hit and slashed those two teen tourists in Grand Central. Uh, now we're also learning, by the way, his ex-girlfriend says that he threatened her to kill her at least five times. And she warned cops how dangerous he was right before he went after those two teens from Paraguay who were on vacation. Can you imagine uh, the word, oh, uh, yeah, go to uh, Grand Central Station, go visit New York around Christmas, and this happens. 
But she says that she dated the guy for quite some time, first in 2021, then again in 2022. And she says that, again, he threatened to kill her at least five times in the past year. And she let authorities know that as well. So, boy, were the warning signs all over the place. 1-800-848-9222. let us go to Pete, line five. Pete, uh, this was, this was obvious that this guy needed to be locked up, Pete. Oh, definitely. And a friend of mine, 26 years with the correction department at Rikers Island, very close friend, he retired two years ago, but he always told me if they ever cut out the uh, solitary confinement, he will leave the next day. It's going to make a lot of officers leave because that's the only control that they have over the prisoners. You know, they can't even walk around with a nightstick. Uh, my friend had a set of jail keys, and one of the prisoners jumped him, and they were in the fight. He got the uh, he poked the eye out on the prisoner, and forget it. He got suspended. It was horrible, and he got his job back. But he they actually put him in a different section. But that's it. You got to have this uh, solitary confinement. Wait now, gonna... hey, now, Pete. Before you move on, let me just hear this out. Your friend, who's a corrections officer, um, there's this crazy inmate, and the inmate attacks him. He defends himself, and then he gets suspended. Is that correct? That was years ago because with the key, when he was fighting them, the keys were in his hand, and uh, the key poked the guy in the eye. So and he got his eye poked out. My friend got suspended, and uh, they put him in a different section where he was with only prisoners that were only in for 90-day lockout. And they were all like altar boys because they knew they would get out in 90 days, like to jump in a fair at a subway or something like that. So it worked out. For him, that's why he stayed so long. But uh, he always told me, they cut that out, I'm out the door. How sad. I think a lot of officers are going to retire or leave. Yeah, and you know what also, uh, Pete, um, by the way, that is such a powerful uh, story. But I am sad sad to hear, um, just like you said, that they cut out uh, solitary confinement. It is absolutely the wrong way to go. Uh, because right. just like you said, officers need to be protected. Um, it also protects the inmate because look at this guy. I mean, how, you know, it's amazing, Pete, in this case, how could this guy, first off, it's astounding that any judge, uh, who has half a brain would let this guy out two weeks earlier. Um, the girlfriend apparently was also complaining. It sounds like there was a breakdown in a lot of places. And now we're also hearing, that um, just this morning, he stabs a Rikers Island inmate with a 1.5-inch ceramic blade. I mean, how did he get to create this ceramic blade or, or get it somehow uh, when he was clearly a violent, uh, crazy, psychiatrically uh, uh, impaired inmate? I mean, even after all this, how did he even – there are so many breakdowns here, Pete. They'll make a shiv. They'll make a knife out of a uh, out of a tooth, uh, toothbrush. Oh yeah. There's so many things that they could do in the. I almost went to the corrections because with Alex, um, we did we started doing the stage hands together, and uh, he got called for that, and I got called, but I actually you know got more work with the stage, and I 
didn't go because but, I was. But you know what, your Pete, your point about that you can create a, a you know a, a weapon with anything. I'll never forget Pete years ago. Um, I was a reporter. I went into it was a medium security facility in California. I had a pen. I dropped the pen by accident. Uh, you know, I was writing some notes on my notepad. I dropped the pen, and I'll never forget all the inmates. It was it was uh, an all male facility. All the inmates looked like to see if I would remember that I dropped the pen. I'll never forget that. It was like all these heads turned, you know, to see if I dropped the pen uh, and also if I would pick it up, more importantly, because they were thinking, okay, maybe that, like, pen uh, would sit there on the ground and nobody would notice it and they could use it to, you know, obviously as a device uh, to stab somebody as a weapon. And when I picked it up, I think the whole place was like, oh, <laughs> you know, they were bummed. But it just shows that they will be creative that you got to watch your back, uh, that everybody, uh, you know, is able to kind of create something at all times. But when you got a guy like this, you got to block him off. I mean, that is so dangerous. Let's go to Neil, uh, line four. Neil, this is Rita and Frabo. Uh, go ahead, Neil. I think what they need to do is, like, you know how the protesters, when they were protesting the Supreme Court outside their houses? Yes. You know, to kill, to, to kill babies. I think we need to start going outside the judge's house where he lives. See, I disagree. I, I, so, no, no, no. I, no, I think we should. No, I and disagree, I, Neil. No, I think we should. I think we should. And that I would do it. Trust me. I would, I would show up. And second of all, I could care less about the thug who got stabbed by him. I hope that the Department of Corrections is going to rearrest him for that. Yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, obviously, he should be. You would you would imagine he's now been kind of separated, but he should have been separated to begin with. Um, and and obviously, there are so many issues here. And I do still feel bad for the other inmate. You don't know uh, what the other guy was in there for. It might have been some minor offense. He might have been, you know, awaiting a case. There's a lot of factors, so we don't really know uh, all of that. I don't agree, Neil. With going in front of judges' homes, I don't. I didn't like it when they went in front of the Supreme Court justices' homes. No matter what side of the aisle they were on, wherever they were on the decision, I think it's appropriate to call people out. I think it's appropriate uh, to look at creating a body to oversee these people and some of their crazy decisions and to name them. But I, I think there's something. I think you cross the line when you go to somebody's home um, or go. You know, I think you know sending a message. Um, uh, a letter that's an appropriate letter, not a threatening letter. I think that that's where it gets dangerous. And I, I don't, I don't agree with that, but I do agree in somehow through the system doing whatever we can to change this because judges should not have that kind of discretion. Uh, let's go real quick to Nancy, line five. Nancy, your thoughts. Oh, hi, Rita. Listen, I have a question. Uh, it's a serious question. Um, do correction workers have any civil rights? Uh, you know, as a person. <laughs> yeah, how sad I, is that? You know what? Sadly, uh, obviously the answer is yes, yes, and yes. But why? You feel like, as as I do, that sadly uh, they seem to be treated like second-class citizens, which is really sad. And they do unbelievably gutsy, courageous work every day. They do. Um, and uh, I really think that, I mean, if there was somebody out there who cared, you know, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying that, you know, these ACL, ACLU groups, this is like an unrepresented group. These are people who put their lives on the risk every single day. And personally, I think it's unfair. The other thing I was thinking was that, and this is just a thought that I've had this past week, you know, uh, sometimes 
you could uh, change the voice of a caller, and maybe once in a while you could have uh, actual workers, police, fire, corrections, uh, first-line people, actually tell you people what the job is like. Yeah. National radio. By the, by the way, Nancy, um, I mm-hmm. often have um, on our shows um, mm-hmm. correction workers and others uh, who do call in all the time. And we've had actually um, a number of folks from the union who represent so many of those correction workers. In fact, um, coming up at five o'clock is Katz and Cosby. And about a week or two ago, uh, John Katzmatidis and I had uh, the head of the corrections union when they were talking about getting rid of solitary confinement. Obviously, he was against it uh, for the reason that we're talking about today, because you got these dangerous inmates out there. But I agree with you that more of those voices need to be heard because those guys uh, that are in the corrections department and anybody in law enforcement. But when you're dealing with some of these tough characters like this crazy guy who the judge clearly let out and it was a mistake and he is clearly a repeat violent offender who should be locked up. Uh, for his safety, for other inmates, and certainly for officers' safety. This is a classic case of why you need solitary confinement, why you need to appreciate our law enforcement. And uh, and I encourage any of you guys who are out there listening, guys and gals, to call in uh, because you do amazing work, and I want to hear what it is like on the front lines. We've heard it from time to time, but today is an appropriate day to hear more of it. 1-800-848-9222. And this is Rita Cosby filling in for Bo Snerdly. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Bo Snerdly. On 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush. Rush. Well, I don't want to be together uh, with this guy who had at least 17 priors and now has some more because he stabbed those tourists in Grand Central Terminal horribly and also uh, was just arrested a little bit ago for stabbing another fellow inmate in Rikers after he had been arrested just two days before. Uh, if things don't get ugly or several days before, I don't know what is. It is amazing because he was ordered without bail on Tuesday night. He goes into Rikers. And here it is. Thursday, he slashes a fellow inmate. It just shows how crazy and reckless our judicial system is. We're also talking about the judicial system in Colorado uh, because now in the last few hours, the Colorado GOP has come out swinging saying you cannot kick Trump off the ballot that that is not appropriate. Michigan, of course, decided not to. And it's interesting because Michigan's uh, state Supreme Court is also fairly liberal. But they said based on the rules, uh, the law that we see it, we do not believe that it fits the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. So they said they're not going to do it. So it'll be interesting to see what the Supreme Court does in this case. President Trump, of course, coming out swinging 
Uh, first, of course, against the Colorado decision by the state Supreme Court and praising the Michigan decision. Also, the special counsel, Jack Smith, also doing a filing now saying that President Trump should not be allowed in his case. This is the one in D.C. that he's hoping to still happen in early March, the day before Super Tuesday, which is the big political contest. Uh, no sign of election interference there, right? Uh, I mean, come on. Uh, but they still wanted to start the day before Super Tuesday. And in that case, he is saying he doesn't want Trump to be able to talk politics or to say that he's the victim of political persecution in his defense in the courtroom. That is preposterous because that's what President Trump says is the reason that he says he's being targeted overall. All the 91 counts against him uh, all over the place, he says, is because he is running for president again. And he's the leading candidate by far, if you look at all the polls. In fact, there's rumors that uh, DeSantis is being told privately uh, that uh, maybe you need to kind of get out of the race. And there's also many people saying the same of Chris Christie and others. And yet... Uh, he's saying, obviously, I'm doing well and I'm being politically targeted. If I wasn't a threat to Joe Biden, uh, they probably wouldn't be going after me. So how can Jack Smith actually say with a straight face? I think it is preposterous that he would petition the court and say Trump can't use his defense, essentially. I mean, that's First Amendment. You have a right to say whatever you want to say. You have a right to defend yourself how you want to defend yourself. He can't say this is the way I think Trump should or should not defend himself. So if the judge rules in favor of the special counsel in this case, he really is hamstringing President Trump. And I'm not surprised this judge has done a lot of crazy things. We've seen a lot of crazy things in the last year or two that we've never seen before in an election cycle. So who knows where this is going to go. But in the middle of all this, Vivek Ramaswamy, who, of course, is still running against President Trump, even though he's still very much a supporter of President Trump, he is saying that he will ask Colorado to remove him from the ballot if they still are able to stand and remove President Trump. Uh, He's saying, you know what, I stand with Trump. And if he's going to be taken off the ballot, then they should remove me, too. Take a listen. Well, it's an unconstitutional and flagrant violation of the way we conduct elections in this country, Maria. This is not the way we do things in the United States of America. We, the people, are the ones who select our leaders, not unelected cabals of Democrat judges in back offices. Now, the reason I made the statement I did, Maria, is very practical. If every Republican in the Colorado GOP primary also says we're not participating, then this blatant act of election interference has no impact. So I wanted to lead by example to say that if they are going to forcibly remove Trump's name from that ballot, then I would voluntarily remove myself, too, and called on Chris Christie and Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis to do the same thing. I have to say I was disappointed to hear radio silence or worse from those other candidates who said they wanted to still collect their delegates. I think there's no point in actually collecting a small number of delegates if we're tolerating this level of blatant election interference. Blatant election interference. And I don't always agree with uh, everything Vivek Ramaswamy says, but I do agree with this, that it is completely over the line. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And this is Rita Cosby. 
in for my buddy, Bo Snurdly. Let's go to Sal, line two. Uh, Sal, your reaction to all this? Sal, this Sal from Staten Island. And Rita, I'll tell you, rapid fire, first of all, that the judges that uh, were ruled against Trump in Colorado are jerks. A lot of jerk judges, especially on Staten Island. Another thing is able-bodied men, uh, military age on Staten Island, getting vouchers for the only Salvation Army store from Catholic Charities and from the bald-headed pimp Eric Adams, and nothing for American veterans. And any, even the village idiot knows many of them are sleepers. Also, a shout-out to Tommy of Staten Island. He's been my friend for 33 years. He's a great guy. All and right, also- Sal, Sal, you got a lot in there. Um, and let me just ask you, in this case, what do you think the Supreme Court's going to do? Do you think the Supreme Court will ultimately uh, slap down Colorado and keep Trump on the ballot in all these states? Rita, I hope to God they do, because they don't. Then they will be allowing this to happen time and time. This is the best country in the world. I volunteered for this country. By and the this- way, Sal, Sal, I agreed with you. I agree with you. It is still the best country in the world. Uh, clearly, we got a lot of problems with our judicial system. It is far from perfect, as we've been talking about this crazy guy's case and the judge who let him off. Uh, but I still agree with you that it is the best, best system in the country. Um, but but you know what? I'll, I'll tell you the last what we have seen in the last you know few months or year or two. I never thought justice would be weaponized like it has been. Because, I I mean, there are people out there, whether you like Trump or you don't like Trump, you know, to sit out there and go, wait a minute, somebody has 91 counts against him. Uh, He's the leading candidate. Uh, He was the former president of the United States. All these laws and all these, you know, trying for the 14th Amendment to kick him out. These things have never happened before. And, And I don't believe in coincidences. So even those people out there that don't like Trump, you got to kind of admit that there are judicial systems that are absolutely becoming politicized, that are becoming so dangerous. And to me, that is a huge, huge problem. And it's not just a problem for Trump. It's a problem for the whole system, for the integrity of the justice system. You can't sit there with a straight face and say uh, Trump is just uh Happened to do all these 91 counts and all these first ever attempts at X and X and X. Uh, it's just, it is preposterous. It's pretty obvious what's happening out there. Let's go to Steve in Brooklyn, line two. Steve, your thoughts. Yeah, hello. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to give a definition to the word insurrection. I looked it up in the dictionary. Insurrection is an attempt to, to put in somebody else instead of the current president. If Trump was the president at the time and they wanted to support Trump, then that is not an insurrection. They supported the current president. They did not want to put in anybody else. If if Trump was not the president, then he has nothing to do with this whole thing. I want to make a comment also on on Palestine. It's exactly the same thing that happened in Russia in 1970. They told people... This land is your land. The factory is your factory. The people were fighting for their land. They're fighting for factory. And they won. They threw. Uh, let me let me ask you, Steve. I don't I don't want to go into the yeah. whole history, uh, you know, of all of this. 
Uh, what do you make of these protesters that are now blocking streets and blocking, uh, you know, all the people going to holiday parties, uh, also JFK Airport, the busiest travel day of the year? Your thoughts on that, Steve? Yeah, this is not the first time happened. This is a classic thing. They, they yeah. were agitated by the rock. No, you, uh, no, by they, the way, by the way, you are right. This is par for the course, uh, with these people. Uh, by the way, we have Aaron calling in, uh, who's an IDF soldier, uh, listening. Aaron, thank you. You know, I'm filling in here and I'm so happy to see that you called in. Uh, what's going on there? You are an IDF soldier and you and I have been talking for the last few months. Yeah, we are, we are. Thank God we are doing a lot of progress in Gaza. We are eliminating our 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 enemy, and we will do it till the end. So anybody that has anything that they say that Hamas is right, let them just come to Gaza. Let them live where the Palestinians lived for the past 20 years, and then they should come over to me and tell me Hamas is right for what they did. By because the way, the by the way, uh, Aaron, themselves. Aaron, you know, there are reports tonight, uh, that also like a lot of the humanitarian aid is ending up in Hamas's hands and they're not sharing it, uh, with, with other people there in Gaza. Uh, if that doesn't show how much Hamas is in control of things, if they really cared about their own people there, uh, they'd be giving them the food. Um, how, how long do you think this fight is going to last, Aaron? Again, who's an IDF fighter and you're calling right there from Israel. We all that this fight will be done ASAP. The only way it could be done ASAP is by them putting out their guns and coming out of their tunnels and saying well, with a white flag and giving and surrendering to us. That's the only way this will stop and nobody will get killed. Nobody, not one more person will get shot. The only way, the only way we're going to have to do it if they don't do that is by shooting. We have to eliminate as much Hamas terrorists they're not even there's no name for them they're worse than the than the worst of the worst then there's no way for us to stop this till every single one is eliminated to the fullest extent well aaron we are rooting for you and uh you are not just fighting i think for israel you are fighting uh the you know for the world uh to eradicate hamas and I thank you for calling in for Israel, uh, from Israel. We are thinking of you so much and our thoughts and prayers are with all the great men and women there in the IDF, uh, trying to eradicate, uh, this evil that was thrust on your country on October 7th. Thank you, Aaron, so much. And you stay safe. Thank you. It's so great to hear you call in. What a nice surprise and, uh, glad that you are doing well and spirits still strong. Uh, for the courageous fighters there. Thanks, Aaron, very, very much. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And this is Rita Cosby filling in for Bo Snerdly. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Bo Snerdly. On 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush. And everybody coming up on Cats and Cosby, John Katsimatidis and I will have a blockbuster lineup as we do every night. Uh, we have former U.N. Ambassador John Bolton talking about the meeting in Mexico. What a joke. 
with uh, Blinken and Mayorkas, the secretaries, meeting with the president of Mexico. Also, John Solomon's got some big scoops on some of these Trump cases. He also did a big exclusive interview with Trump. You don't want to miss that. Uh, Steve Moore, Dr. Mark Siegel. We also have Dick Morris, Nicole Maliotakis, and so much more. And in studio, uh, Governor David Patterson. So we have a blockbuster show coming up. You definitely don't want to miss it. And that is going to be starting in just a few minutes from now. Also, as we were talking about the meeting in Mexico, uh, yesterday was that big meeting, but also it looks like nothing came out of it. Uh, here is the former ICE director, Tom Homan's take on what went down. They don't need any more meetings. This meeting doesn't mean squat. And you're right. President Trump didn't go to Mexico and beg for help. He didn't go to Central America and beg for help. He didn't give them millions of dollars. This administration has given Mexico millions upon millions of dollars. They've given Central America millions of dollars. President Trump was a game changer. He didn't, he didn't give them a dime. Well, he told Mexico, you're going to put military in your southern border and northern border. You're going to participate and remain in the Mexico program. You're going to participate in the Third Safe Country Agreement. If you don't, I'll tear up the hell out of you. And they came to the table within days. Wow. And guess what? Afterwards, uh, no public statements, no press conference. In other words, nada. Let's go to Greg. Line one. Uh, Greg, your thoughts about all of this, the meeting and also what's happening in New York and everywhere else. Hi, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. I, you know, it's, it's really disgusting to watch and it's disgusting to listen to. These people are taking over America. They come here on our dime, not to assimilate, but to dominate. They have a saying, death to Israel, death to America. I don't know what's so hard to understand about that saying. They're telling us what they want to do. The difference between us and every... No, you are right, Greg. Uh, They are forecasting what they're saying, Uh, obviously... Uh, those are the protesters, the pro-Palestinian, many of them very anti-Semitic with some of their rhetoric. And also, they are threatening to do damage on New Year's Eve. Uh, these people will not stop. And as far as the migrants, it's costing New York over $3 billion so far.